If you don't have an experienced person on your team, it's going to be really difficult to raise capital. If you don't have a deal, it's going to be hard to find somebody with experience who's interested in partnering with you. And if you don't have the knowledge, you don't know the difference between the lead and the deal. As an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too, and you found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the grand pleasure of having Richard Fowler with me today. Richard, you're a two-timer on missteps, but this time we've got a special opportunity uh, on social and on the podcast networking stuff. I've been letting folks know that I'm interested in doing some one-on-one sessions with them and seeing if I can help them get jump-started and move quicker on their journey. And so you volunteered, you went through the application process, and you are the first person that I'm talking to in this capacity. So do me a favor, tell the listeners a little bit about you in case they haven't heard your missteps episode, and then we can dive into whatever challenges you're trying to work through and see if we can come up with a solution to help you get to the next spot. So my name's Richard Fowler. I'm from the Cleveland, Ohio area. Actually, about an hour south in North Canton, Ohio. Been doing single family homes for a while since like 2012. We started about a year ago now to start selling some of those off and investing in multifamily. Been working, you know, trying to find someone to partner with or, or JV or that, that sort. So that's kind of where I've been. Got all the calculators and, you know, went through several of the Michael Blancs and those kind of things to. Just still haven't really seemed to connect with someone to, to joint ventures. So that's kind of, you know, they, a lot of these people are pushing the syndications pretty hard, you know, and it's, that's kind of when I found you at Dan Hanford's, I'm part of Dan Hanford's MFIN and I met you on that conference. So I kind of liked when you were talking about the, the JV, I was like, Hey, this guy's talking about something a little bit different here. This, this, this is, this is kind of interesting. So. That's kind of how I, I found you, Jerome. So I'm looking forward to work. Yeah. So I'm the weirdo, <laughs> yeah. the only one not talking right. about syndicating. And you don't have to have any experience or any money or anything in order to do a deal because I just don't think that's realistic. So, all right, you, you've you done the single family stuff. And you've had some real success in the single family space. I mean, that allowed you to get free, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So as of uh, July of last year I've been full time real estate. So it's been it's been a trial to get rid of a lot of these single families. You know, it's just we sold uh like twelve units doors last year, a couple of duplexes and some houses where it was able to purchase a nine unit property. So we do have some multifamily and we we also invest in a uh LP deal in North Carolina. So it's 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 starting to work. For sure. And I think that deal just started paying dividends, if I'm not mistaken. That was a 336-unit deal in Winston-Salem. Huge deal. I actually walked that deal before they closed it with the group that was purchasing it. And yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a good deal. And it sounds like you guys are a little bit ahead of schedule on that one. Right. Yeah, that's that's been a 
I actually went down there, flew down and met with the guys. So it was a, that was a good opportunity to, that seemed like that gave me a little bit of step. So those, those kind of opportunities is good to get invested in so you can meet and start seeing more of those opportunities. So yeah, it's exciting. For sure. And so, but you've decided that being a limited partner really isn't the game for you, if I'm understanding the situation as you're framing it. You you want to be an active operator on your own joint venture deals. Is that accurate? Yeah, I believe so. I'd, I'd like to be, be a part of a, a, you know, a group, you know, that's actively seeking, you know, larger multifamilies, just trying to figure out where that niche is. <laughs> So when you say larger, give me a, a price per door or unit count. Like what, what type of deals are you trying to buy? Is it the 300 unit deals or is it something else? So I was thinking more like uh, lo- locally here, we do like a 30 unit, 30 to 50 unit. I got some hard money lenders that I worked with previously that would be willing to invest with me. So locally I can do some, you know, but as far as like, if I go outside, you know, like if I invested North Carolina, South Carolina, I like those areas just because eventually I'd like to move down there. So I thought maybe I'd start investing. So with that said, I'd like to, you know, that would probably have to be a larger unit, you know, like a hundred plus, I would think to make it viable to invest in that area, you know, farther from home, I guess you'd say. Sure. So, and so it sounds, right. it sounds like you've got at least two of the three or the four things that we talk about investors trying to overcome, right? So it sounds like you got some of the knowledge. I'm not sure that you have all of it, but it sounds like you got some of the knowledge. You don't have deal flow. That's the part that's tripping you up a little bit. You don't really have experience as a lead in multifamily and you've got access to capital. You think that's fair? I, I believe that's true. Yes. Okay. And so the thing you said, I've been looking for some folks to partner with, but haven't had a ton of success. And basically all the other groups that I've been a part of or spent time with, they're looking to take down massive deals, right? And, you know, some people would say hundreds of massive, but your first LP investment was in a 300 plus unit building. And so if I understand your goal, your end goal is to buy something in the Carolinas that's over a hundred units and you want to be in the general partnership on that, or you just want to be able to close it with, you know, a small group of folks who can bring that type of capital to the table to, to buy something at that rate. So a hundred units, let's call it $75,000 a door. That's a $7.5 million deal. Uh, we break that out. Let me see. Pull out the calculator real quick. Pull out the calculator. Boom. So 7.5 million times 0.3. So, you know, you need somewhere between two and a quarter and $2.5 million in order to get one of these things closed. And between yourself, the hard money lenders, and potentially some other partners, you'd like to do your deal with just joint venture, right? I mean, it's not a tremendous, 2.5 isn't a crazy amount of money especially if you're well-resourced or you're liquidating some other assets and you want to roll them into your new investment. Am I getting this right right now? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm okay with GP and as a syndication, I guess, if we had to, I guess they're probably going to have to syndicate 
because it's 2.5 is probably going to be maybe steep for a JV possibly. But Yeah, so what I tell people is the JV is just a function of the capacity of the partners in the deal. If you have people that in your network that have a the loan amount on this is going to be about five million, right? So if you have people in your network that have a net worth of five million and liquidity of five hundred thousand after you close, then you can do that deal as a joint venture. If not, then you, you'll have to syndicate it, and you'll still need that balance sheet partner. So the only difference is whether or not you raise money from people. And if you've set up a system in order to raise that capital, but all of the other stuff is pretty much the same, right? So the question then becomes, well, do you have enough of the education in order to be able to do this successfully? And then where's the deal? And the experience piece of it will we'll have to partner with somebody because you're the small balance loan program is it's that's where you'll land more than likely unless you go get bank financing. But with something of that size, you're not going to need, you don't have to go to a community bank, right? It's big enough where you can do this, this type of deal with agency debt and get non-recourse. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I believe, okay. Yeah. And so. Yep. I spoke and brokers and it seems like you know they they're asking me for my team you know so i'm mm-hmm. that's it seems like that was the next step for me to find a team almost because you know i, I spoke to her and she's like well you're not going to be able to do this because you don't have the, the background like i know you talked about your story not having the experience in the multifamily yeah. so i think they almost require you to have somebody experienced with you so i guess that's kind of where it's where it's at, I guess. But if you find a deal, I'm sure you could find the, the partners. Is that so? What's the steps? Yeah. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of kind of gray. Like they all kind of gotta meet. You know, you gotta have team. You gotta have deal. You gotta have the the, the funds. You gotta have the background. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get their next deal done. We've developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they do, they create the time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Myers methods of multifamily investing have proved to be the fastest way to establish credibility and properly grow an apartment portfolio. If you want to know more about our four-step process, jump over to MyersMethods.com to get our free four-step guide to getting into multifamily investing. Let's get back to the episode. Yep. And so what we teach people, and depending on where you go, you'll get taught other things. What we teach people is first you get knowledge, then you get deal flow, then you have experience, and then you have capital. And we think you saw form in that order, right? There are other people who say you got to figure out the capital first. I don't agree with them. If you don't have an experienced person on your team, it's going to be really difficult to raise capital. If you don't have a deal, it's going to be hard to find somebody with experience who's interested in partnering with you. 
And if you don't have the knowledge, you don't know the difference between the lead and the deal. So I would encourage you to, if you can't talk the talk, if you can't give people the lingo that they need in order to do what you want to do, then you need to spend some time on the education, right? And that is, will give you the ability. You can have the syndicated deal analyzer from Michael Blank. That's the tool that we actually use and teach. But if you don't actually know how to use that tool, it's useless, right? Anybody can put numbers in the spreadsheet. Do those numbers actually mean something, right? So you want to get clear about that. Uh, and so I would encourage you to pick whoever you like. And just about every educator is going to have some type of podcast and go end to end on the way that they do their business. So you understand how the full process is going to lay out. It's different from a single family from the operational standpoint. And then even the valuation piece on the front end, I think is going to be really important as well. And so you want to get those pieces and you can try to get them through podcasts. You can try to piece them in, but I'll tell you that usually what happens is you end up finding out that you have gaps after you bought something and you've skipped something that you shouldn't have skipped. That's what I did. And I regret it just about every day because something pops up, but that is a way to do it. They're not going to teach you anything that you can't find from, for free somewhere else, but it's just a matter of how much is your time worth and if you miss something that's important, will that be a big enough, will that be a big deal for you, right? How much is that going to cost? And did you actually save yourself any time or money doing it that way? The, so that's the education piece. The brokers, if you're doing something less than 100 units, then you can probably go direct to seller and get that deal under contract and then present it to people who have an interest in the market that you want to invest in. If you're going over 100 units, most of those deals trade through brokers. Now, that being said, they're going to want to have certainty that you're going to be able to close because they are a broker versus going direct to seller. What we teach is that people go direct to seller and we teach them a number of different ways to get direct to seller. But the, overall, the underlying concept is you're going to find deals with the owners of the deals. You're not going to find deals when you're going mass marketed, right? If everybody can see it, then there's people who don't have a ton of experience who are willing to pay top dollar in order to say that they've done the deal. And that's what the brokers and the sellers are looking for who are educated and are going to the broker to sell the deal for them. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Okay, so what, if you were one of my coaching clients, what I would tell you to do is, do what you're talking about doing in Ohio, right? Go buy you a 30 unit, go buy you a 10 unit, go buy you a 40 unit, but buy it direct from seller. And when you buy it direct from seller, now you've got a story, right? The broker that you talked to said, hey, Richard, you, you don't have the background in order to do what you want to do. You need to go find somebody else to do it. Now, my, my way of doing this is going to in some ways, puts you backwards, right? You think, well, I just go from however many single family houses I own to a hundred unit building. Well, yeah, but you're totally dependent on somebody else when you do that, right? I like to teach people, hey, 
I have a 20 unit and whether you buy it where you are, or you buy it somewhere else and use third party property management to do the same, regardless of where you buy, I think third party is the way to go. But when you move into the space, take down a deal, right? Do something around 30 units. And in doing the thing around 30 units, you will have a story now, right? And so you do a 30 unit, most banks will let you do twice the size of what you already have in your portfolio for your next deal. So you can go from 30 to 60 and then you can go from 60 to 120, but you've got a 90 unit portfolio. So you may even be able to go higher than the 60 unit. Right. And that will give you a narrative. And what I would tell people is, Hey, we've, we're testing this in market. So we bought this property, right? We wanted to see how the market is faring. We like what we've seen. We've been able to do X, Y, or Z at the property, whatever your business plan is. And boom, now you've got a story that you can talk to the brokers about. And that will give you instant credibility because you've actually done something. They just want to know if you can close. And the only way that you can prove that you can close is if you close. So this goes back to our philosophy, thought process of getting tuna in the boat. You know, I call anything over 100 units a well. Right. And so I want you to go get some tuna, come back, lay all your tuna out, let everybody see what you're doing, see that you made money, go back out. Maybe you got a bigger boat this time. Maybe you've got a nicer reel. Maybe you do some marlin, some swordfish. Then you come back in and show everybody you caught some. And this, by showing people that you caught some, that you're having success building that track record, is going to allow you to raise money for that syndication. I think the biggest struggle that most people have is they try to do a syndication and they have no track record and they're totally reliant on somebody else to come in as an experienced partner. That's nice and all, but are you really getting experience by totally relying on somebody else to do the deal for you? I don't think you are. And I don't think it's actually helping with your credibility. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, so, I, actually, I actually got some... I'm basically doing, going, that's how I bought the nine unit property. So I met, I bought a direct from owner. Yep. So I'm meeting with him again Thursday. So he's actually possibly selling me a whole LLC that he, he owns. So it's, it's a package deal. So yeah, kind of don't buy the LLC because you have to buy the liabilities with the LLC, buy the property. Right. 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 Yeah. Buy the property. Don't buy the LLC. And so why? The idea he wants, he talks, he wanted to do that uh, 1031 exchange. So that's the reason that he was selling me all the ones in this LLC, I guess, is the reason for that. Like we talked about in our previous episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just that's just general guidance. Of course, I'm not an attorney, but in general, buying the LLC just opens you up to a ton of risk that maybe isn't necessary. Versus, you know, just buying the property and doing a transfer of real assets. It might have different tax implications for him, but that's not really your problem, right? Right, right, right. So I, I hope this was helpful for you, Richard. Is there a specific question that I haven't spoken to that you'd like to get answered? So how, what do you think as far as out of state, how do you go direct the seller that is just basically use, uh, are you using one of those brokers to get a list? Are you getting a list from someone or? Yeah. So 
we don't need brokers for anything outside of saying, hey, if you got a pocket list, then something that you haven't put on LoopNet or Craxi, I'd love the opportunity to bid on it before it goes to the broader audience, right? But, you know, we would source, and this is part of our 11-week course, we, we would find a list from somewhere. You can use County GIS. It doesn't usually cost much of anything. A lot of places is free. You can get a download of all the properties that are zoned according to the type of property that you're looking to acquire. And then from there, uh, you can either send letters or you can mail or you can do a text campaign, depending on if you can get access to that information, whatever information you need to kind of execute against one of those strategies. And then when you get people on the phone, you got to do your one-to-one and let them know, hey, I'm interested in buying your property and I can make this advantageous for you. And if you can, that's how we buy the vast majority of our deals. And that's how we teach people how to buy their deals. We think that is the best way to get this thing done, man. Uh, And it allows you to buy at the right price, you know, and I think there's two, there's a flip side to this and that's we, there are owners who are, have a tremendous amount of their equity tied up in their property and they're looking to sell, they're looking to liquidate. And I think the last thing I'll say on this man is there are people who are going to be in a little bit of stress this year. We, we think they're going to start running out of money. And so if you're able to do this well and start building rapport, you may be the person that gets that phone call. Right. I always say plant the seeds. <laughs> yep. Yep. You got to build a relationship. This is a relationship game. It's not wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Like some people think it is. And so, you know, we're looking to help people. We're looking to help people get to that place, man. We really want to help people get to that place where they can exit and we can buy stuff at a great cost basis. Yeah. I have a lot of experience. Yeah. I have a lot of experience with doing that with the single family. So I'm hoping, you know, I, I have the experience to do that. It's just getting, getting that wheel turning for the multifamily. I think would be figuring out a way to do that. So it's a little bit different, but I, I think I have the know-how to get in front of people, you know, and build that relationship. So. For sure, man. For sure. So is there anything else I can do to, um, Kind of help you on a journey. Do you think this will help be helpful for you and get you going? I believe we do. Yeah. Help a lot. Okay, perfect, man. If there's anything else I can do, don't hesitate to let me know. And to the listeners out there, the pack is with you, man. We really want to see people get into the space and we want to do more calls like this to help you overcome your hurdles. We'll talk soon. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you.